Well, it's my pleasure to uh, introduce Craig Rollinger. Uh, I get to travel and uh, see other uh, speakers at kids' camps, and, and Craig has, has done it for years and years. Uh, he's, uh, he goes to the Oak Ridge Bible Chapel in Milan, Illinois. I had the privilege of sharing uh, a camp with him for five years at Iowa Bible Camp, and uh, he has a wonderful ability to present the Word of God. So, Craig, we're there. Yep, he's in the back. I, I didn't say any of the things you told me to say. I do have a memory lane thing. Like a million years ago, it was like downing Gospel Chapel? Okay. And um, they were giving out tickets, just like today. And uh, I was doing Bible school. It was either the, I think maybe the Titanic lessons. And I was late for Bible school, and I was the Bible school teacher. So I was hurrying to the chapel, and I got a ticket <laughs> right in front of the building. <laughs> and I thought that would make a good story that the speaker is being taken away and handcuffs kids We'll be right back. <laughs> but, uh, so that's my 1997-1998 memory lane. I'm glad that you invited my wife Nancy and myself. I hope you get to meet my wife Nancy. Uh, we've always enjoyed times of fellowship here with you all. Um, today we're going to think about what I've been thinking about all summer, and that is Bible prophecy, the future. So I'll ask you a question right away. Where will you be in a hundred years? And so maybe, maybe not. Hundred years. Where will you be in a hundred years from today? And so I told the kids also that you don't have to take notes today. I'm just asking you to memorize everything I say, okay? And that's all. And because your moms and dads, they're going to have to memorize everything I say, too. Because this, is, this is, was Bible school. You're in church, but this is Bible school. And after the lesson is over, I think maybe some of our questions will be answered, too. Uh, this particular lesson that we're going to do is the first one in a series. And it's about Bible prophecies that already have come true. So there are Bible prophecies about the coming of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so everything about the cross, everything about the birth, the resurrection, God said it and it happened. One of the questions I get at the, at, during camps and during Bible schools is, Mr. Craig, how can I know that the Bible is true? Well, if you listen today, you'll know. Because we are going to look at nine Bible prophecies, and someone counted them up, and they counted up like 465 Bible prophecies that have to do with the first coming of the Lord Jesus. We're just going to look at nine. But I think at the end of this time, you will know just by these nine prophecies, wow, the Bible is true. And if the Bible is true, then what the Bible says about Jesus is true also, right? 
And so you will also know that there's only one Savior who could be the Savior that God promised in the Bible. So those two questions will be answered. Plus, where will you be in 100 years? I hope you'll go away knowing that too. So today we are going to think about imagine you could know the future. Well, what would you want to know about the What would you guys like to know? One question about the future. Yes, ma'am. I want to know what like, the whole world would look like. What will the world look like in the future? Tomorrow morning, it'll probably look a lot like today. But <laughs> if we were to go on, God is going to make a whole new world. New heavens, new earth. To go with the new body that he gives us in resurrection. Yes, sir, what do you want to know about the future? I see your hand. What do you want to know? What does the future do? This is such a good question, because some people think, and maybe you're taught this in school, that the future, time just goes in a big circle, keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. But God says the future is going somewhere. The, the beginning starts at creation, and then when we reach eternity, God creates a new heaven and new earth. So history is not just repeating itself, it's actually going to a point where Jesus Christ uh, will be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords for eternity. All right, one more future question, like who are you going to marry or a good one like that? Who are you going to marry? What day will the Lord come back? He will come back on the day that's appointed for him by his Father. And you know what's good about that day? It could be today. So when I was hearing about the Lord Jesus for the first time, I was 20 years old. And uh, someone had sat down with me and explained to me that salvation is a gift and it's bought and paid for by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I said, yes, I can see that's what the Bible is teaching. And then I walked away from the poor man. A month later, some of my friends in Freeport, Illinois, started talking to me about the Lord. I hadn't seen them in a year. And they said, Craig, the Lord Jesus is coming back. He could come back at any moment. And when I thought about the Lord Jesus coming back, 20 years of age, I thought, if Jesus comes back today, could he come back today? He absolutely could come back today for his bride. Bang, in the twinkling of an eye, every believer would be taken off the face of the earth to be joined together to the Lord Jesus Christ in a, in a union in heaven that's unlike any marriage on earth. It's eternal. And when I heard that, I said, Craig, you're on the wrong side. If Jesus would come today, you're on the wrong side. I knew how to get saved, but that was the incentive I needed. I bowed my head. I don't know what I prayed, because praying doesn't save, but trusting the Lord Jesus to do what you cannot do. You cannot save yourself from your sins. I trusted the Lord Jesus. I lifted up my head. I knew my sins were gone, and I had the gift of eternal life. All because of Bible prophecy. I knew how to be saved. 
I knew what Jesus did on the cross, but then I found out he's coming again. So today, we're thinking about Bible prophecy, and we might have to have some, there we go. We had to change it because there's some older kids here today. It's Bible prophecy for everyone. So no one will be left behind today. Bible prophecy is God telling us the future. And this is the good part about Bible prophecy because this is not guessing. These are easy to see, clear Bible prophecies that God is telling us the future. So if we want to know about the future, there's only one source, and that's the Bible to find about what the future holds. Bible prophecy is God telling us the future. So today, you're only going to learn nine things. We're going to learn nine amazing Bible prophecies about Jesus what, everyone? First coming. And what do they all have in common? Well, he's already come. So they came true. So you're going to help me out today, and as we do this, we're going to have motions that go with each lesson point. And so how many Bible prophecies do we have? Well, that's pretty easy to pick the motion on that one, right? And this ought to be Bible, so let's everyone do nine Bible prophecies. And these are Bible prophecies about what coming of the Lord Jesus his first coming, absolutely. All right, so try it with me. Nine Bible prophecies. And since it's Sunday school, I thought you need a little action with your Bibles too. We're going to do a Bible drill on some of these points. So we've got nine Bible prophecies. Are your Bibles ready? Now, the way I do a Bible drill, if you have a phone, disqualified. <laughs> Sorry. If you have a Bible, you can participate and just stand up and start reading. Just stand up and start reading. Okay, are you guys ready? On your mark, go. Micah 5-2. Micah 5-2. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His goings are his goings forth are from long ago and from the days of eternity. Okay, very good. So according to Bible prophecy, where is the Savior have to be born? Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. Look, it's thank you very much. And it's even in yellow. And this is written like 700 BC or so. This guy's a contemporary of the prophet Isaiah. And uh, so it says, but as for you, where is Jesus going to be born, everyone? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And so we need to have a sign for a baby. I say we do a little rock action here, and we do Bethlehem birth. Are you rocking the baby or eating the candy? <laughs> okay, 
Bethlehem birth. Okay, try it from the beginning. Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. Do you find that amazing that if you are going to make up stuff, remember part of this, you're going to go away thinking the Bible is absolutely true. I can trust the Bible. And if I can trust the Bible, I can trust the Bible about what it says about Jesus. Because there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so we can trust the Bible. If I were to make stuff up, I would say maybe the king of Israel should come in the capital. He should come in a big city like Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. But no, God picked a small village to have his son come in. You know, we learn other things about Jesus in this verse too, don't we? We know that he is actually from the days of eternity. That would make him not only man, but if he's from the days of eternity, who else is Jesus? First row ladies, first and second row ladies. He's born a baby, right? But if he's from the days of eternity, who is he? That means, yes? He'd be God, right? Because only God is eternal. So this prophecy, way beyond what we're thinking about, is saying God would become a man. And he would be born in what city, everyone? Bethlehem. All right. So far, you guys are doing great. Let's try it again. Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. Now, another favorite Bible prophecy. Let's see here. Is? Well, just next frame. Okay. Bethlehem birth. Next frame. Okay, and uh, be ready for Bible drill. And the, the band's going to click it, and you can do it. So let's go with the next. Okay, that is Isaiah 7:14. Go. When you see the verse, you can go. And just one time. Okay, yes, sir. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. Wow. That's a good Bible prophecy, isn't it? So let's click it. Let's see. There we go. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And who is going to bear a son? Bear means give birth, right? Okay, so who's going to give birth? A virgin. A virgin is going to give birth. What is a virgin? A virgin is a lady who's never been married and she's never had a relationship with a man. And so this is, this is not just the first time the Bible hinted at this. When sin came into the world, way back in Genesis chapter 3, God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of Satan. Genesis 3.15 promised already hinting that the Messiah would come into the world not born of a human father. And so one of the qualifications, if a person is to be the savior of the world, God's promised savior in the Bible, is that person has to be God come, born in the village of Bethlehem, and then born without a human father. And so that is uh, what we have to do. So we need uh, no, I'll show you what we got here next, no father on earth, but how are we going to get motions? 
Well, if I look around, I see every father in the room has a mustache and a goatee. <laughs> and so we're going to make a mustache and a goatee. Can you do a mustache and a goatee? And go, no father on earth. I didn't hear it. Try it again. No father on earth. Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. So this Bible prophecy is also 700 B.C. or so. And Isaiah is, Isaiah is predicting that uh, Jesus would come born of a virgin, and he was. Two of the nine Bible prophecies. And isn't that amazing? This is very amazing. Who else could make these things come true? You know, Mohammed, he had a father. He didn't even pretend to have a virgin birth. Um, all the other leaders of the religions in the world, they never pretended to not be born of a human father. Only the Lord Jesus Christ said, I came to do the will of my father in heaven. All right, Bible prophecy number, should we review? Let's review. Nine Bible prophecies, Bethlehem birth, no father on earth. Is, oh, look at that evil-looking character. Who is that evil-looking character? Who do you think? He's got, looks like a to-go bag or something. What's in his to-go bag? Money bag? It's a money bag. So who does that make him? Judas. Judas. Do you know? Thank you. That was very good. And uh, we don't know. But we have a Bible. The Bible says that the Savior who would come into the world would not only be born of a virgin and be born in Bethlehem, but also his best friend would turn him in and would betray him. Do you find that amazing? I think if you're going to write a hero story, you're going to have a hero that everybody loves him. And so these are unpredictable things that are very clear in the scripture about who Jesus Christ would be. And so, oops, well, there we go. Uh, you, we skipped two screens. Everyone read it together. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Psalm 41.9. This is not the only time in the Bible where it tells us the Savior would be betrayed. But here it's saying, my close friend, he's lifted up his heel against me. Either he's kicked the dust off my sandals or he's treated me with contempt. Judas was one of the 12 disciples, wasn't he? And he turned into the Lord Jesus, into the Roman authorities, so he would be crucified. And the Bible said it would happen. Those Psalms are written about 1,000 B.C. or so. So we've got some of these Bible prophecies, 700 B.C., over twice as long as we've been a nation. And I don't even know what George Washington said. Do you? Martha, one day this tree will die. And, but I don't know. But this is 700, and this is 1,000 years, and David is writing these things, and he doesn't know, but Bible prophecy is not David telling us the future. Bible prophecy is what? God telling us the future. And so when we do 
no father on earth. How did Judas betray Jesus? What was the sign he gave, guys? What was the sign that Judas gave to betray Jesus? Do you remember? Do you remember? Yes. A kiss. He kissed him like you'd kiss a friend or kiss your grandparents. And so when we do no father on earth, you're going to have to do a little kiss then. Betrayed. Okay, do this. Betrayed. All right, try it again. Betrayed. All right, let's see if that's exactly what it says. And, well, click it ahead for me. Okay, betrayed. So let's put what we know together. Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed. Okay, betrayed. All right, next, uh, next frame. And are you ready to read? Are you ready to, for a Bible sword drill again? All right, now if, you've, if you answered it once, then you're disqualified. We'll get past the joy around here of Bible reading. All right, so next frame and go. Zechariah 11.13. Zechariah 11.13. And you know, adults, this is Bible prophecy for everyone. So if you're quick... Yes, we got a reader. And the Lord said to me, Go to the potter that the priestly And click the next frame. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. How many pieces of silver? 30. 30 pieces of silver. Do you know that not only did Judas betray the Lord Jesus as a close friend, but he betrayed the Lord Jesus for 30 silver coins? And the Bible said that would be the exact price. Now, how can you make that stuff up, guys? Could you pick a small village in Israel, in a small country in the world, and say, well, the Savior of the world is going to come out of this country, and he's not going to have a human father. That dismisses all of humanity but one man right there. But then to say he's going to be betrayed, but he's going to be betrayed for how much money? 30 silver coins. Now, if I was going to make a motion up, let's click to the next frame. I would do the American sign language for coin is you make a little circle in your palm. But this is how many? 30. So let's take a little three. That'll help you remember it. And do 30 silver coins. Can you do that? 30 silver coins. All right, very good. Do you find this amazing? I mean, I've, I've done these lessons this summer, and every time I do them, God's word amazes me that it's so trustworthy. You can trust the Bible. It's God's word, and he's proving it right here in front of you today. I just said that to make you forget everything. Uh, Click to the next frame so no one can see 30 silver coins. Okay, ready everyone? Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed. 30 silver coins. Next amazing Bible prophecy. Click the frame. Next amazing Bible prophecy is also from the Psalms. It's about a thousand years BC. Go. Oh, I've got a reader. And click the next frame. 
I think I have a reader. Oh, there's some hard words in there like furrows. Yes. They made long their furrows. Uh huh. The Lord is righteous. And that's good. We can stop at the Lord is righteous. So it says, what did the plowers do on the Lord's back? They, they plowed, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen a farm? Obviously, you can't walk out the door without seeing a farm, right? What do they call the lines that the farmer puts in his field with the plow? Furrows. I saw you furrowing your brow. That, that means they're lines, right? Lines in the farmer's field. So there are other places in the Bible, in Isaiah, which says, by his chastening, we are healed. By his beating, we are healed. But I like this one. Let's go to the next frame. Because it tells us what the back of the Lord Jesus would look like. Not every beating will give you furrows on your back. So when the executioners prepared people for the cross, the whip of the executioner would have sharp objects embedded in the fingers of the whip. And so when the whip comes on the back of the person who's going to be crucified, those sharp objects dig into the back. And then the executioner jerks the whip away. And as he jerks the whip away, those sharp objects rake across the back and they open lines of blood on the back of the person being scourged or beaten. Isn't that amazing that the Bible would predict even the kind of beating. And not just once in the Bible that the Lord Jesus would have to do. I mean, who else? Who else? Is there really only one name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved? I'm starting to think so, aren't you? And Bible prophecy is what? God telling us the future. And does this come true? You bet. This is Bible prophecy past. It's already come true. Now let's flip to the next frame. We need a good motion for beaten. That's not that hard, is it? Beaten. Okay. The Lord Jesus was beaten. So do that. Beaten. And say, say beaten, please. Beaten. All right. Just the girls. Just the guys. Jesus. Girls, sorry. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed. 30 silver coins. Beaten. So how many prophecies have we done so far? Five? Oh, and you have four more. I mean, right there... That's enough to convince you of these things. Um, wait on that one. So let's do the boy-girl thing again. All right, so let's do the boys first. So just the men, males, uh, we'll do it. <clears throat> Ready, men? Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed, 30 silver coins, beaten. Girls, I don't think, ladies, I don't think they were that loud. So uh, 
I'll lead the ladies too, okay? Ready? Ladies, ready? Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed. 30 silver coins. Beaten. Wow. I think you did well. All right. So, uh, ready for the next amazing Bible prophecy. On your mark, go. Flip the frame. And flip it again. Yes, sir. Oh, what did they do to his hands and feet? They pierced his hands and feet. Thank you. That was very good reading. Okay, so dogs have, what does encompassed mean, everyone? Surrounded. Yeah, you can picture a compass making a big circle around the Lord Jesus Christ. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and feet. And next frame, I guess. He was pierced, wasn't he? He was pierced. You know, in Psalm 22, there's so many Bible prophecies in Psalm 22, it actually describes what death on the cross would be like. One of the amazing things about this is, do you know how the Jewish people used to, used to do capital punishment? They stoned people. If you did the wrong thing, like adultery, uh, or witchcraft, they would stone you. Sometimes they'd burn you afterwards, but they'd always stone you. And so even the first Christian martyr, Stephen, was stoned, and that's how Jewish people executed. It was the people before the Romans who came up with the whole idea of crucifixion. And so when this Bible prophecy, Psalm 22, was written about 1000 BC, there was no government that was doing crucifixion as their standard form of execution. So this is pretty amazing. Now, what are we going to do, though, for our motion? We've got beaten, right? What should we do for pierced? I got an idea. What's the standard American Sign Language symbol for Jesus? Oh, yes, ma'am. So hold your hands up really high there. Oh, okay, it's like this. You go like this for Jesus. Now, why do we do this for the Lord Jesus? Why would that be? Yes, sir? Yeah, and he was pierced by those nails, right? That's what piercing means. Stick them right through his hands, and so he was pierced. So let's do pierced. Put pierced together. Pierced. Go back to beaten. Beaten. Pierced. 30 silver coins. 30 silver coins beaten, pierced. Oh, well, let's go back to the just people over 20. Over 20, okay? They're going to sound like nothing, guys, so be ready. Ready? Nine Bible prophecies. Oh, that's good. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed, 30 silver coins, beaten, pierced. The rest of us who are under 20, let's go. Nine Bible. Wasn't very loud. Try it again. 
nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed. 30 silver coins. Beaten. Pierced. Now, the Bible predicts all of those things. Uh, next frame, uh, we are not going to do a Bible lookup. So keep going to the next frame. Isaiah 53, 6, next frame. The Bible says, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. What's the big word for sin in that Bible verse? What's the big word for sin in that Bible? Yes, ma'am? Iniquity. It means like rebellion. Like you can't be the boss of me, right? That's iniquity. And so what did God do to the iniquity of us all? He caused it to fall on who's the him? Jesus. Yes. Peter explains it this way. He himself carried our sins in the Bible, in his body, on the cross. He carried his... So, we're going to do carried our sins like this. So you got a big... Can you think of a sin that you did today? Okay, you think about that's in this bag. Think of a sin you did tomorrow that's in this bag. Think of what you're going to do the next day. And so this is a heavy bag because it's all the sins of all the world, past, present, and future. And so let's do three steps down. Carried our sins. Make it really heavy. Try it. Carried our sins. Go from beaten, beaten, pierced. Carried our sins. Now, after he was done carrying our sins, what does the Bible say would happen? He would be buried. So since you're down here, carried our sins, get your shovel, buried, okay? You got buried in your little trench shovel. If you're in the army, you had a trench shovel, okay? And do buried, okay, let's go from beaten, beaten, pierced, carried our sins, buried. Well, what does Bible prophecy say about the burial of the Lord Jesus? The Bible, so let's keep going here, keep going. Uh, yes, the Bible, and keep going one more, that his grave, he was supposed to be buried with the poor people, but instead he was with who? Rich man. In fact, he was in a tomb that no person had ever been put into. I like this, it's not part of the lesson, but he came into the world in a virgin womb, a lady who had never had a child. He went out of the world in a virgin tomb, a tomb that a body had never been laid in. And you know what's amazing about it is God says that the Lord Jesus' body would be treated with care and said that he would be buried in a rich man's grave. Now that's pretty amazing. Can you make this stuff up? No, you can't. And so carried our sins, buried. Well, we only have one more step. What would that be? Risen. Can you be excited about risen though? Okay, let's do, let's do carried our sins. Carried our sins. Buried. Risen. Hey, I got off, I got off the ground on that one. Did you see that? All right, so let's everyone get on your feet and try this.
Okay, ready? Nine Bible prophecies. Bethlehem birth. No father on earth. Betrayed. 30 silver coins. Beaten. Pierced. Carried our sins. Buried. Risen. Okay, have a seat. You did very good. Uh, next frame. And this Bible prophecy, go ahead and do the next frame. Uh, David is speaking on behalf of the Messiah, and he says, you will not abandon my soul to Hades. Hades here is not the place of eternal punishment. It's the place of the dead. The Lord Jesus would not stay in the place of, dead, of the dead. How many days was Jesus' body in the grave? Just three days. Just three days so his body did not undergo decay. Do you find that amazing? Because some people have faked their religious leaders coming out of the grave, but none of those religious leaders after rising from the dead ever appeared to their followers and, and, and confirm their resurrection. This blows me away. Does this blow you away? So now we know all nine Bible prophecies. And uh, next frame. And next frame. And there's Texas right there with Dallas. What does that have to do with Bible prophecy? Well, it's my closing illustration. The chances of any person in history actually fulfilling how many how many bible prophecies we have here nine these nine and someone counted 465 so we're not even giving you the small we're just giving you a tiny part of these bible prophecies the chances of just doing these nine are one chance to 10 with 17 zeros I don't even know the name of that number. Go home and check. Write a one, put 17 zeros on it, and look it up. It's a big number. The number 10 with 17 zeros, next frame. If you took, and next frame, if you took a silver dollar and you took silver dollars enough to cover the whole state of Texas two feet deep, Texas is a big state, so probably more than Iowa. And two feet deep, that's the number of 10 to the 17th. Now, if you take one coin, put an X on it, and throw it into the pile, and you get a big bulldozer and mix that all around, the chances of one, you drawing that coin, are the same chances of one person being that Messiah. You see... Math people would say it's statistically impossible that anyone other than Jesus could be the Bible Savior. Could be the Savior anyway, because this isn't just the Bible speaking. This is the Bible when you put it with history. Do you believe the Bible? Next frame. This is what God promised in the Bible, guys. And this is what I want you to think about. Eternal life which God who cannot lie, long ago, he promised. Long ages ago. God cannot, not only will he not lie to you, God cannot lie. Today, God is offering you his son. And he's saying, don't wait for another savior because there will never be another savior. 
you may not have another day. We did a lesson once, and the next week, someone in the audience passed away, and they were someone who was thinking about trusting the Lord Jesus. So this is all very serious. If you have seen today that you can trust God's word, and you understand that God is promising eternal life, he himself carried my sins in his body on the cross, and they're paid for. And now he offers you that payment. Will you have Jesus as your payment? And then he goes beyond that. Jesus is risen from the dead. Will you have this man as eternal life? When you receive eternal life, when you receive Jesus, the Bible says he or she who has the son has the life. So I'm going to close in prayer, but I would like seriously think about this. In fact, I'll just give you a pause before I actually start praying. You all talk to the Lord. Have you trusted Jesus as Savior? Do you know that you have eternal life?